Welcome back to House of Bravo, your weekly Housewives recap with a cosmic twist. I'm Emma, an astrocartographer and human design reader. And I'm Tasha, an intuitive astrologer, also known as the agent of Pluto. There's been a bit of a cosmic breather after that intense full moon in Gemini. I mean, we did have both Venus and Mercury moving into Capricorn recently as well. So, you know, Capricorn is the sign of practicality, ambition, um, basically slow but steady goal-oriented success. Speaking of Mercury, we have the final Mercury retrograde of the year coming up, which Mm. we already are in the shadow period of. Mm. (laughs) Do you Mm -hmm. feel it? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, when I think about it, Mercury retrograde in Capricorn is actually very on brand with this time of year and and like the activities that we associate it. So like rethinking what you want out of life, what your career goals are, your life ambitions. Are you on track with these things? What needs to be adjusted? Like that's very conducive to Mercury retrograde. Totally. I should Um, say Mercury retrograde is very conducive to that. (laughs) It's a great use of Mercury's energy at this present time, for sure. Um, And, you know, to help us with this even further, we still have our favorite transit, you know, Mars retrograde and Gemini in the air. Um, So again, (laughs) Mercury rules Gemini. So this will hopefully aid in that energy of reassessing um, how our mental efforts are aiding or hindering our larger picture goals. So um, speaking of the bigger picture... On last week's episode, we had introduced Lenny's natal placements at a high level where we provided some quick overarching thoughts. So now in the spirit of navigating this Mercury shadow period, we thought we should provide some bigger picture implications for our listeners that might help contextualize his chart even more. Yeah, we mentioned Lenny was in his Saturn return. And while he's totally gearing up for it and you feel the effects way before the actual return hits exact. I just wanted to clarify to the listeners that his second Saturn return will actually take place in May 2025. So I'm sure there will be so much more to watch as things with Lenny progress between now and then. Yeah, definitely. Just to add, though, there can be a difference um, in how astrologers interpret the timing around a Saturn return. So for example, right, Lenny has a Saturn in Pisces, which we will see get activated next year when Saturn switches from Aquarius in March. Now, the actual point that Saturn exactly activates Lenny's natal Saturn degree is, as Emma said, in 2025 in May. However, he is very much clearly grappling with the themes of the second Saturn return. How has he allowed his role of passivity around his needs? And how has he let that dictate the course of his life? Saturn returns don't just happen on the spot. They kind of take time to build into with all the lessons needing, well, needing to be learned. Mm. Definitely. Saturn's always there to teach us lessons. Uh, And on top of that, we're getting all of this set against the backdrop of Lenny's nodal return. So just like with any planetary return, this is when the nodes get back to the exact place um, that they were at the time of our birth, which happens every 18 and a half years or so. So Mm -hmm. nodal returns, to keep it simple, are just basically supercharged eclipses. I mean, I've never seen a nodal return 
so chaotic. At least it's been a minute since I've seen one this chaotic. It's like endless components coming together, you know, creating the perfect storm, like Mars return, Saturn return precursor. I mean, it really just all feels like chaotic destiny type of ish. <laughs> Definitely chaotic. Since we're on the topic of Lenny already, and we had this amazing episode of Watch What Happens Live air this past week with Lisa and Larsa, Mm -hmm. Tasha and I thought we would kick off this episode with what everyone is wondering. Are they compatible? So let's take a look at Lisa and Lenny's sinistry. Yeah. I mean, is Lenny as awful as he's making himself out to be in public? Like, lol. I mean, you know, we'll see, I guess. But as a reminder, we don't have the time of birth for either. So we are just going off which signs the planets fall in, not necessarily which areas um, of the charts that are being activated. So, you know, some data, not all of it. Right. But there is still a lot we can tell. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the basics. There's sun and moon placements. Mm. Lisa has her sun in Leo. And Lenny's is in Gemini. As we've mentioned in the past, elements are a great way to dive into compatibility. So fire and air can definitely be compatible. When we think about these elements non-astrologically, fire needs air in order to exist. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Leo and Gemini are also two energies traditionally associated with youth and fun i mean they have a lot of fun together like think of fiery banter amid fun parties right also with this leo sun energy there is a bit of that potential uh to feel like everything might revolve around you very much like how the planets orbit the sun of course leos are ruled by the sun so they just can't help themselves sometimes and then you have gemini one of the heavy flirts of the zodiac Leos may not like it when their partners aren't making them the complete center of their universe. They also both have mutable moons. Lenny's in Gemini, Lisa's in Virgo. So what makes them feel safe or secure may change over time. Their moods and desires may also change with this mutability. Right. Like what's interesting is both Virgo and Gemini, as we've said before, are ruled by Mercury. So communication's key and yes it's important across all relationships but especially for Lenny and Lisa that element was super crucial in allowing the other to feel safe and obviously from these last episodes communication basically seemed non-existent even for potentially staged small talk on camera like so painful mm, I feel like two mutable moons can either be great or awful because mm -hmm. if they're changing together, this could really be wonderful. However, since one is an air sign and the other is an earth sign, this does not speak to the most compatible placement. Lenny as a Gemini moon is going to have more intellectual communication driven needs, whereas Lisa with an earth moon is going to need more concrete and reliable support to feel safe. Right. But what's also interesting is, um, you know, we've really seen Lisa's Virgo moon come through in previous taglines or general storylines for the show. Um, you know, she said, like, my husband built the perfect life and now I'm going to build the perfect life. Something to that effect. Right. Uh, that element of perfection is totally a thing Virgo moons can identify with. And I wonder if there 
might have been perhaps too much emphasis placed on attaining this level of perfection without a clear understanding, really, of what both parties were looking for. Mm. With both their Virgo and Gemini moons being ruled by Mercury, this communication element, as I said, was going to always be extra key in maintaining this relationship, allowing this relationship to thrive. Yeah, so then we look to their Mercury placements. Lenny's in Cancer, and Lisa's could either be in Cancer or in Leo. I'm torn, but it is unlikely it's in Leo. She would have to be born very late in the day, but for most of the day, it's in Cancer. So we're going to act as if it is in Cancer. So that would mean both the Mercuries are in the same sign. Not every planet is compatible with itself, but I would argue that Mercury's in the same sign are actually a positive sign of compatibility because their mental and intellectual wave would be the same. And like, who doesn't want to be on the same brainwave as their partner? Right. But with Mercury's in Cancer, family and safety are at the forefront of that common goal. There's no longer a common family goal here. Lisa is finding herself in <laughs> yet another battle of the cancers. Um, obviously, <laughs> this one's more serious. And on top of that, as you pointed out, there are elemental differences. You know, Lenny with his air moon in Gemini and Lisa with her air earth moon Virgo. And, you know, of course, cancer is ruled by the moon. So the association of those emotions and thoughts come to mind. You know what? Their Mercury's and cancer are both in mutual reception with the respective moon placements. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just realized that. But mutual reception is when the planets are in each other's sign of rulership. With both of their Mercuries in Cancer, we would then look to see where the moon is because the moon rules the sign of Cancer. Um, and at the end of the day, astrology is basically just unraveling a big yarn of cosmic thread and we see both of their moons are in mercury ruled signs yes wham bam thank you ma'am mutual reception for the win um you know to me this placement really reflects a synergistic flow within a person's chart in lisa and lenny's case there is potentially a better balance around their respective emotional states that can lend an air of objectivity um to their feelings hmm but of course in alignment it's great and when no longer in alignment it can really feel like two ships sailing in the night right all right so next we look to the couple's venus and mars placements venus representing the feminine traditionally but in a broader sense representing our values and our love language their Venuses sextile each other, a softer version of a trine. So it, it's a positive aspect, but not with a heavy influence. Lenny's Venus falls in Taurus, an earth sign, uh, and Lisa's is in Cancer, which is a water sign. Water and earth can be quite compatible. And I think when we pair the Venus with the moon placements, they really could have grown together if they put in the effort and the commitment, also, I think timing is really a factor here because people's mm -hmm. charts can be compatible and the timing can still be completely off. Um, I think where it falls apart, though, is those mutable moons. So once they weren't getting what they needed from each other emotionally, they were able to detach and move on. Well, at least Lenny was. 
Yeah, it's always funny how um, Royals are, you know, mutable, but they're honestly one of those signs that really hates change um, or like when you're deviating from a plan, you know, and as it relates to Lisa and, you know, her perfectionist Virgo and standards she had set for herself, that can be hard to break away from. Um, there might even be this element of feeling like you failed at something and that's me just speaking from personal experience with both my Venus and Mars in Virgo. <laughs> right. So moving on to their Mars placement, since you mentioned Mars, they're both in air signs. So they're trining. This can be very lovely. It can have a nice flow. Again, speaking to communication, being a necessary component of their relationships, even perhaps sexually. Yeah, Lenny has his Mars in Gemini, um, and Lisa has her Mars in Libra, <laughs> like Heather Gay. Um, and while this might be all light, fun, and games, the way they communicate with each other, Lenny and Lisa, doesn't really strike me as having a lot of depth, you know? Like, fun, yes, a lot of fun, for sure. And social, of course, but not necessarily depth and processing, so they also have Jupiter's trining each other, both in water signs, so emotions will be running high and extreme. Lenny's Jupiter is in Cancer, and Lisa's is in Scorpio, and both Cancer and Scorpio can be passive-aggressive, so they may be expecting the other to intuit what they need, but that's clearly not going to work in this relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just a note about his Jupiter and Cancer placement, you know, it can be indicative of a pretty intelligent, um, genius-like type placement, and it makes sense, right? It's a, it basically translates to a, being able to hold such a large canon of facts and feelings. Um, since Cancer is very much a sign about memory as well, and you got Jupiter with expansion, expanded memory. There you go. Um, but again, with both Jupiter and Cancer and Jupiter and Scorpio, there is this tendency between both sides. Uh, between both signs, sides, I guess, but to assume they know what the other might want, but also the assumption of I know best. And in this case, in these water signs, I know best around how you feel. Mm. That's interesting about Jupiter and Cancer being able to mm -hmm. hold all the thoughts. Mm -hmm. I never thought and all the feels. Topic. Yeah, and all the feels. That's what I always go to. Um, so when we move on to Saturn, which, again, is planet of commitment, so it's very important, um, their Saturns are in opposition. Now, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, oppositions can actually be a great indicator of compatibility. They can support the individuals in balancing each other out. However, they are a harsh aspect. And at the end of the day, if the other elements of the chart are not there to support the opposition, it can be hard to work through and to attain that balance. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So to me, it seems like Lisa and Lenny are kind of with their Saturns in more of a father-daughter relationship than a partnership. This mm. may work for him with his Saturn in Aries. So he would be very comfortable controlling and running everything. But right. Lisa has her Saturn in Libra. So she's really looking for a quality within the relationship. And uh, I think that's where he's going for the classic younger woman in this midlife crisis of his. 
Lisa's outgrown being under his control. And the other woman is still too young to know what she wants. In fact, she probably hasn't even gone through her Saturn return yet. Well, she's apparently 27. So she's she's right there in the thick of that lead up. You know what I mean? I mean, what's so interesting is that she is probably going to be going through her first Saturn return while he's going through his second. Like, they're each other's Saturn return stories. I am crying at this astrology. It never occurred to me before that this is a, like, this is maybe what causes that super common dynamic. The younger girl going through her Saturn return while the older man is going through his second Saturn return, which basically equates to, in a lot of cases, leaving an established life and family to try and do it over and get things you know, quote unquote, right this time. Mm-hmm. I just hope this younger girl is emotionally compatible with him because I think that's what was really missing from this relationship with Lisa. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, apparently they've been in an emotional relationship for a few years. So that may mm-hmm. be the case. Um, I mean, amid all this real time Neptune squaring Mars life, you know, I. I I honestly can't tell if what I'm reading out there is right or not. But all I know is we are getting a front row seat to this case study. And I could not be more excited. I mean, you know, for educational purposes. Agreed. Someone else we get to watch in real time is Ashley Darby and her divorce. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was looking at the transits in Ashley's chart. And currently... Chiron is transiting through Aries in her chart. Aries is about being independent, doing things on your own. And with Ashley as a Virgo rising, this puts the transitioning Chiron in Aries in her eighth house, the house of shared resources. So I really feel like that speaks to the struggle she's having, finding her independence away from Mr. Darby. Chiron takes about eight years to transit through Aries, whereas in other sign, it only takes about four years. So I I could actually see this divorce dragging on for a while as she finds her footing uh, and path to independence away from him and his financial stabilities, the resources he provides her with. Mm. You know, I think with Ashley's meltdown and not knowing what to do with all the uncertainty going on amidst this divorce, the strength to surrender to the unknown is going to be key. Like, she also has herself known in her first house. So the need to feel like she's in control is what she's most comfortable with, but ultimately what she needs to grow away from in order to mature. Yeah. With her North node and Mars in Pisces, which is falling in her seventh house when we use the whole sign, she needs to really let go in order to grow and let go with the right people, the ones that she can trust. Leaning into that uncertainty instead of fighting against it would release the challenges for her as a Virgo rising. Mm, Definitely, definitely. Um, Okay, but speaking of people, you know, you can trust maybe, maybe not with your business ideas. (laughs) Were your thoughts on Karen's appearance on Watch What Happens Live? Like, do you think she's being intentionally messy or is she just coming up with some healthy competition? Like, she is a Taurus sun with a Virgo moon. So naturally, you know, she will feel like she's going to put something out there that are up to her very high standards and she's going to monetize it. All of which 
Um, I feel like so on brand for her. Hmm. So now we have twice that Karen has swooped in with her version of something the girls on her cast are already doing. First with the candle, now with the live tour. Mm-hmm. But I honestly feel like she must have already been in talks about both of those things because she announced them like in very quick succession after they mm. were told to her. I mean, what housewife trying to capitalize on their fame isn't going to do a live tour of some kind or another? It started with the Countess and Friends. And this seems only fitting that we have the Grand Dame and Friends. And because I'm like, well, didn't like Teresa take her Namaste podcast on the road as well? Um, yes. And Monique almost went broke putting on her <gasps> wanting to tour podcast. Oh, my God. That's such a good. Yeah, that's like a great memory gem. Um, I mean, <laughs> bringing it back to like the actual, you know, show itself, like everything about this appearance, right, from Karen and Watch What Happens Live to like the actual Potomac episode, like was so Venus and Aries, like all her answers were about herself and her businesses. It's really funny. Yeah, did love that. Also loved that as a tourist son, she was sitting in her infrared sauna at the beginning of this week's mm. episode it's giving beauty, it's giving pampering, it's giving minimal effort, like very Taurus. I feel like the episode was the like really based on Candace, though. We have her starting the episode celebrating her MBA from Howard. Can we talk about how getting a degree just because is so Sagittarius, especially in the second house? Like this was all about securing her finances. Right. I mean, if she can review her own documents and contracts, she's going to be more secure in the deal she's making and thus not worry about being fucked over by people. I mean, she has that Scorpio rising after all. Um, And, you know, the second house is about security in terms of your own finances and resources. So getting a degree, not just to get a degree, but really to apply it to your own personal finances and bringing money in. It's VV Sagittarius. Especially with Saturn and Mercury in that same sign and house. Another thing I would love to touch on with Candace is her relationship with her mom, or more specifically, her mom's finances, which was such a huge topic in earlier seasons of Potomac. Um, let's just start off easy. When we look to Cancer, the sign of the mother, traditionally, we see Candace has this sign falling in her ninth house, the house associated with higher learning, adventure, spirituality. Her mom is a very established person in her own right. She has a PhD. She's a therapist. She's also a social worker, I think. And she was in the armed forces, which, you know, usually brings you to foreign lands, very ninth house things. Mm. Yeah. And if we look to the moon, which rules cancer, as we said, it also represents strong female presences in your life. Um, Traditionally, the mother. So in this case, it falls in Gemini in her eighth, and it's in direct opposition with Mercury in her second house conjunct her Saturn. The eighth house representing shared finances and resources in opposition to her second house of personal finances. And as you said with her Saturn there, it shows like an authoritarian hold on your finances. I, you know, I wonder if Candace breaking away from her mom's financial support was tied to her Saturn return. 
especially because when we unravel this further, Saturn rules Aquarius, which in her chart is falling in the fourth house of home and roots. Yeah, that would definitely make sense, at least firmer boundaries around your resources. Um, And I mean, where Saturn is in your chart might potentially indicate a delayed nature around how um, rewards might manifest. So, you know, after Candace's Saturn return, we actually now get to see that Candace has plenty of sources of income on her own. You know, she's a CEO of a beauty pageant consulting company, co-founder of a hair company, on a scripted show, musical career taking off, like has housewives, of course. So right there, it's like five streams of income. It's so very Jupiterian sag in the second house to really have your hand in a lot of pots. It is a fire mutable sign coupled with a whole lot of ambition. Yeah, I think you mentioned this in the last episode, but Candace really does seem to be maturing into her chart in such a beautiful way. Mm. But to quickly bring it back to the relationship with her mom, Candace also has Chiron in Gemini. Now, while the moon and Chiron aren't in aspect with each other, they are in the same sign. So they're going to have some influence on each other. Like, the flavor of the other player exists in the same space. It's like adding spices to a dish. They don't Mm -hmm. stay separate, even though the flavors may hit you at different times. So I'm thinking this Chiron can be speaking to a mother wound. Her mother is a very accomplished woman, and that could have made baby Candace feel inadequate and feel the weight of living up to or exceeding her mom's accomplishments, which does speak to Chiron in Gemini. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely could see that. Um, but thankfully, they both seem to be at a at a better relationship or a better point in their relationship where they can actually focus on being mother and daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I must say, like, on the topic of Candace, I really love how she keeps breaking fourth wall. Like, that is so Pluto, Venus, and Scorpio wanting to expose the hidden side of production and the show. Love it. Yeah, at the beginning of the season, she looked at the camera and said, like, is this really what we're going to do when the rumors of Chris were first brought up? And now in the confessional saying she knew she fucked up with Karen because the producer told her, mm-hmm. like, to me, this just further backs up my theory that Candace is over this experience, especially if she's expected to play by the rules. Yeah, well, for what it's worth, my Saturn self is here to say rules are made to be broken. So go on, Candace. But now if we moved over to Salt Lake City, we apparently see that the only rules made to be broken are the rules of engagement when it comes to loyal friendships. <laughs> and also, I can't believe we waited so long to get to this Christmas shiner for Heather. Like, what the fuck? Talk about uh... delayed gratification. This cliffhanger was the cliffhanger of all cliffhangers. I'm over here with bated breath. Like, was she decked? Did she fall over because she's drunk? Did she have a visit from a late night lover that goes awry? Like, the possibilities are endless. Just like the endless possibilities around who's actually friends with who. Mm. Obviously, bad weather was the main focus. And we definitely saw Whitney playing offense. still not sure it fully landed but I think she finally at least was able to get out her feelings in a direct manner and not pussyfoot around this situation like we've seen her do a few times already with Heather right like I actually felt like Whitney was 
pretty clear, um, all things considered, this go around. I mean, I feel like if you have both Jen and Heather screaming at you, you kind of have to hone your argument in a way that's logically sound if you're looking to make any sort of impact. With Heather and also Jen, that Sagittarius rising energy is so strong. Like, it's hard to admit your wrongdoing because you don't necessarily see your wrongdoing. I can totally relate as a Sagittarius rising myself because as with most things in life, archetypes and astrology are presented on a spectrum. Here we have a high vibe and a low vibe. So with the high vibe Sagittarius rising, it's able to see all the perspectives, right? It's like the world traveler mm-hmm. learning new things, seeing different cultures, different ways of life. But on the flip side, We can also be really blocked from seeing things because it can feel like our experience is the experience. Right. Like we've talked about this before with SAG Energy. I mean, the low vibeness. Hello, Mia and her sense of righteousness. (laughs) Mm. Speaking of Sagittarius, we have a lot of housewives birthdays that happen this week. Oh, yeah. You know, we love a good SAG housewife. I mean, hello. Like check out this list of icons who celebrated their birthdays just this past week, we had both Lisa Barlow, I mean, and her son, Henry. Also, of course, Nini, Dorinda, Candace, and Meredith. Like, what an all-star list. I think this might be the sun sign that shows up the most in the Housewives universe. What do you think makes a Sagittarius sun so perfect for this job? No, I mean, iconic zingers, amazing senses of adventure, um... Like, SAGs are always looking to explore and push the boundaries to experience and experiment. So it kind of means they're always down for a good time, usually, on the show. Um, And what would allow more than a reality TV show? So funny, because as a Sagittarius rising, this would be my worst nightmare. (laughs) You have a Sagittarius moon. Could you see yourself on reality TV? I mean... A pseudo goal I have is Roni by 40. Like, let's let that catch on and make it happen with this Jupiter Pisces energy. Um, But like in all seriousness, I feel like if I went on a reality show, it would just kind of be like a disaster of a meme show. You know what I mean? Because I like have no control over my facial reactions. And like, especially <laughs> if I hear something so absurd, like, are you fucking serious? It would just be bleh. Um, that SAG moon first house placement, LOL, is such a blessing and a curse. Like, what? I feel like I'd be like Kiki accidentally awkwardly catching the camera, like breaking fourth wall always just are we are we all on the same page? Are we all listening to this? What is happening? (laughs) Thankfully for me, I get to just sit back and watch it all unfold and not have to live it just get to live vicariously through it. Uh, but what I can't wait for is the Salt Lake City reunion that's taping actually today, Friday the 16th in New York. Yeah, I mean, you know, we love a good cosmic meta moment around here. Like how on brand we have this reunion filmed during this shadow Mercury retrograde period. I mean, you know, it's going to be good. Maybe not as loud um, <laughs> since Jen won't be making it before her sentencing. Is it going to be good? I mean, without Jen, we're just going to have Heather versus Whitney and Lisa. And then they're definitely going to bring in both the Angies because, well, without Jen, there isn't much. Mm. (laughs) I will say I can't wait to see the outfits. These ladies always show up in something wild. Like Jen with the feathers, Meredith's sleeves. They looked like Jim Henson characters. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can't wait to hear what else leaks throughout the day from the set. I mean, the Jen Shaw statement was already wild. <laughs> definitely. All right. Well, that about wraps up this week's Cosmic Recap. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Cosmic Clubhouse for more Astro Bravo real-time content. And right now, go ahead and just follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. While you're there, you might as well leave us a five-star rating and review. But that's mm-hmm. all for this week. But we'll be back next week with a special bonus episode to get you through the holidays. You're going to want to check it out. Later. Later.